G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Foundations. If you're going to sow your seed, you're actually burying in the ground the last of the food that you can actually eat to sustain yourself. Mm. You, you're crying as you're throwing away your food. Yeah. But then when God comes through, you're reaping with great joy and, and enthusiasm because God has come through. Foundations. Understanding the Jewish foundations of our Christian faith. With Robbo Robinson and Mandy Warby. Rain is essential for life, and the Bible talks quite a bit about it. What you might not know is that there are different types of rain for different reasons, and they all have spiritual significance for us. We're going to learn about these different kinds of rain over the next two programs. There is a phrase, it's a praise, and it's part of the daily prayers of observant Jews, and it's Mashiv Haruach Umorid Hagashem, and um, that's not easy to say. <laughs> no, better you than me. <laughs> but it's part of this daily praise, and basically what it is, it's, it's a praise to God who controls both the wind and the rain, and it's a prayer that God would cause the wind to blow and the rain to fall, and in particular that it would fall after the Feast of Tabernacles or Sukkot. Well, of course, Sukkot happens in the autumn, yes. so obviously that's coming out of Summer, I would yeah. imagine the, the ground is dry and hard after a summer oh, in Israel. Actually, at the end of summer, the nation, the land of Israel is really dry and brown and and the, gra- the ground is hard. Where there is grass, it's a bit crispy and crunchy. Mm. It's it's very dry, very barren place, yeah. So by the time they get to the end of summer, they're desperate for the fall of rain, yeah, no question about it. You know, when Ian and I, uh, there was one time we were in Israel a number of years ago, we got to talking with a Jewish, Orthodox Jewish man, and he was explaining the role of the Mishnah, which is kind of like, it's like the practical application of the law that was given to Moses. So that, you know, the law said X, Y, Z, and the Mishnah says, so what that means in practical terms is X, Y, Z. So it's this, how do you live out the Mm -hmm. law of God? So keeping that in mind, if we read Psalm 126, verses 5 to 6, it says, Those who sow in tears shall reap with joyful shouting. He who goes to and fro weeping, carrying his bag of seed, shall indeed come again with a shout of joy, bringing his sheaves with him. I see imagery of that of some poor farmer walking along, crying his eyes out Mm. while he's sowing seed, and you think, what does that even mean? Well, this Orthodox gentleman actually explained it to us is that most civilizations, when they established themselves, they established their, themselves near a water source because that water is so important. Makes sense, yeah. Absolutely. Well, that's not necessarily the case in Israel. Israel has a small lake called the Sea of Galilee. We say Sea of Galilee and think it's something really big. It's not. It's just a lake um, of fresh water. There is the Jordan River which is fairly insignificant as far as rivers go. I mean, even Naaman the Syrian, who had leprosy, Mm. when he was told to go and dip in the Jordan, he kind of turned his nose up and said, are you kidding me? (laughs) We've got better rivers (laughs) at home. And then at the bottom of the country, you've got the Red Sea, which is salty. And to the uh, west, you've got the Mediterranean Sea, which is salty. And then you've got in 
in the Jordan Valley, you've got the Dead Sea, which will kill you if you drink it. That's right. It's very salty, isn't it's it? It's very, very salty. So God led his people to a place where if God doesn't send the rain, they don't survive. And so the imagery of this particular psalm is that, and this is how this gentleman explained it through the Mishnah, is that if you're going to sow your seed, you're actually burying in the ground the last of the food that you can actually eat to sustain yourself. Mm. So you're actually putting your food in the ground, hoping beyond hope that God is going to send the rain so that you will get a harvest. So you, you, you're crying as you're throwing away your food. Yeah. But then when God comes through, you're reaping with great joy and, and enthusiasm because God has come through. It really does illustrate the faith of the, the farmer as he sows his seed. As you say, with weeping. Absolutely. Now, there are four different words that the Bible uses, four specific ones or primary ones for rain. And we're going to look at two in this program. The first one is Yoreh. Now, Rosh Hashanah, we know, is the Jewish New Year, and then immediately you have Yom Kippur, then Feast of Tabernacles. But what happens is, is that because it's the head of the New Year, they're desperate for the first season to be fruitful. So this is when they really start to pray for rain. But it's about a specific rain. You know what it's like when our ground is so dry and so hard. If you had a torrential downpour, it would just wash away the surface dust uh, and then it wouldn't go into the ground and it would cause more damage. So your air is actually um, a call for like a gentle rain. It's like a rain that's going to soften up the ground enough for the water to absorb and then the seed to sit there comfortably and start to germinate. Mm. So it's like a, a soaking rain, a beautiful soaking rain that you yeah, yeah, come through. Nice and gentle, nothing too harsh. But not only that, God's word actually is described or compared to sending of rain because this is like a targeted rain. It's like targets this particular thing so it will achieve that particular result. This is found in Deuteronomy 32, verse 2. It says, Let my teaching drop as the rain, my speech distill as the dew, as the droplets on the fresh grass, and as the showers on the herb. God is saying, this is my teaching. Let it be just like this. So I want my word to touch your dry, crusty, hard heart. Let it soften it up so that when... The word goes in, it's going to germinate. It's yeah. going to be, it's, it's fantastic. And you can hear the, the softness in those words, even the dew and the droplets, yes. like it's a soft, gentle And rain. we've looked at dew before to mm. see what a blessing, what this quiet, achieving blessing that it is. Now, the next word is malkosh. Now, when the spring arrives, that's around about in the time when they're having the Passover. When the spring arrives in Israel, that's when they're longing for the latter rains. Okay, because the first one, Yoreh, is referring to the former rains. You, these are f- terms that you'd be yeah, familiar very with. Familiar. Yeah, so this is the latter rains, Malkush. And this is a much more substantial, um, heavier rain. And, and the, the point of this particular rain is that the, the, the Yoreh has already softened the earth, it's germinating. And, and of course, the farmer can't see what's going on under the soil. He's sown in faith. And and now you're waiting for this deluge to come and it's going to just absorb all of this water and the fruit's going to come up out of the ground and produce this massive harvest. And in Israel, that's primarily barley and grain harvests. And this is talking about the latter rain. We saw in Deuteronomy 32 where the word of God is related to rain, but also the Holy Spirit is associated with rain. And we see this in Joel chapter 2. Verses 23 and 24, it says, So rejoice, sons of Zion, and be glad in the Lord your God, for he's given you the early rain for your vindication. 
He's poured down for you the rain, the early and the latter rain, as before. The threshing floors will be full of grain and the vats will overflow with the new wine and oil. I really like hearing these kind of terms that I've heard for so long. I've read them and I simply read across the page and read the former rain, the latter rain, but without the understanding of what a former rain or a latter Mm. rain actually means in specific agricultural terms. And God always uses agricultural terms. There's so much of it in his scripture. When you kind of get your head around what this is talking about and what the purpose of the former and what the purpose of the latter rain is and what it's going to produce, this suddenly takes on a, a much deeper significance. And I can't help but think of Peshat and Remez, yeah. you know, in how we interpret this. There's the plain surface meaning of the text that's talking about physical agricultural lessons. And then there's this Remez, this deeper uh, meaning that we're talking about my heart is the soil and the, the word of God is the rain and it wants to get in there and soften everything up. In the book of Acts, you see the same thing that the Holy Spirit is actually described as water, like he's being poured out. And, and even Isaiah it, it does the same thing. You see this same imagery that when you know what the terms mean, suddenly the spiritual application becomes that much more solid and even practical. An example of that, as you said, Isaiah 44, verses 3 to 6, says, I will pour out water on the thirsty land and streams on the dry ground. I will pour out my spirit on your offspring and my blessing on your descendants, and they'll spring up among the grass like poplars by streams of water. This one will say, I am the Lord's, and that one will call on the name of Jacob, and another will write on his hand, belonging to the Lord and will name Israel's name with honor. Thus says the Lord, the King of Israel, and his Redeemer, the Lord of hosts, I'm the first and I'm the last, and there is no God besides me. Now, I'll tell you what's really significant about that. There is this personal application for us. But when we're talking about the former and the latter reigns, if we look at the history of the church, Jesus came to be a Messiah for his own people and for the Gentile world. And we know that when Jesus came, and we're talking about this outpouring of the Holy Spirit, that was like the former rain. And we have had a harvest, primarily, not solely, there has been Jewish people in there, but primarily the past 2,000 years has been a Gentile harvest. But Isaiah there is talking about in that last days, he's going to pour out his spirit on the sons of Jacob, and they are going to come in, and that is going to be like, finally, This latter rain, this latter harvest, when the sons of Jacob, when the people of Israel, they're going to get their their harvest as well. So it's this physical application for the earth, the physical world that we live in. We have to trust God to be our source so that we can survive. Then there is the personal application of my relationship with God, my trusting his word and allowing it to soften my heart and to actually live it out. And then there is this even deeper implication that would be derash because it's more prophetic Mm -hmm. where we're looking at the first massive harvest of 2000 years of a Gentile world being grafted in. And then the latter rain, the latter harvest of the Jewish people finally coming in to see their Messiah. And it's all in rain. (laughs) And we're going to continue studying this next time as we finish looking at the different types of rain and how God uses them to teach his people. That's next time on Foundations. This has been Foundations, a look at the Jewish foundations of our Christian faith. For study notes, resources and more, see vision.org.au slash foundations. 
Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.